Hey guys, and welcome back to the Brown Girl White Coat Podcast. My name is Sai, like a sigh of relief, and yeah, I'm so, so happy to be back recording this because this podcast is truly one of my biggest stress relievers in life and in just med school in general, and I love recording and talking to all of the listeners that tune in every Sunday night, or every other Sunday night, rather. Um, I did take a bit of a hiatus just because I had a ton of exams and probably one of my toughest blocks yet here in med school, and it actually went so swimmingly well, and the hard work really does pay off and so I'm going to talk more about that more about the whole structure of exams med school life some things that I'm changing for this term some things that I'm keeping the same and what really worked for me last term so if you want to hear more about that if you want to hear this episode on what kind of inspires me and what maybe provokes a bit of burnout feeling the burnout is real It's really real and I think that a lot of people are going through this maybe at this time of the year or at this point in their careers and so I wanted to talk about that kind of just give this perspective on med school that it's not always perfect and talk more about my experiences with that. So yeah, I took a bit bit of a break but I'm so so happy to be back and recording this because I love recording this podcast and Yeah, I'm just really happy that I have a little bit of a listener base now and people tune in. And yeah, so if you are one of those people, you've sent me questions and DMs on Instagram. Thank you so much to you guys. If you would like to follow me on Instagram or keep in touch or send me questions that I can answer on the podcast, my Instagram is SaiBear, S-A-I-E, Bear, with no spaces or anything in between. And yeah, go ahead and do that. And while you're at it, if you're listening on iTunes, go ahead and subscribe or follow, whatever it's called, and go ahead and rate and review as well if you can. I love reading all of the reviews and stuff, and it helps me get better if you were to leave any constructive criticism or things you want to see in future podcasts, podcasts, etc., but yeah, so usually we do highs and lows here. Um, I'm kind of going to talk about all of that kind of mixed into what the topic of this podcast is and I think towards the end I'm going to talk more about what my inspiration is throughout med school what I kind of keep in the back of my head in light of International Women's Day I'm going to talk about some women both in my life but also just people that I look up to, people from the past, people that have already passed away that are just amazing, amazing women. And I keep their legacies and their stories in the back of my head anytime this feels like it might be too hard for me to accomplish. And yeah, so I think that everyone can feel a bit inspired starting their week off um, listening to stories like that. But yeah, so let me introduce myself for people that may have not tuned in before, and this is your first episode. I go to the Baylor College of Medicine. I don't know why I said the college, the Baylor College, (laughs) but yeah, so I go there. I'm a first year. I completed my undergrad education in sociology, and I was pre-med at Baylor University, and I was in a combined program. I basically did an eight-year program where it was four years of undergrad, four years of med school, Um, It was one of those guaranteed combined medicine programs where you basically just attain a certain GPA. For us, it was a 3.5. And with all that said, obviously, none of the opinions that I express in this podcast are reflective of Baylor or Baylor College of Medicine. They're all my own opinions, and I want to make that clear. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm coming off of term three. Term three was pretty intense. It was probably one of our hardest blocks to date. 
But interestingly enough, it was also the block that I've done the best in and the block where I finally gained that kind of self-confidence that I was looking for. Being a sociology major in undergrad, I was a bit worried and a bit self-conscious or just self-doubting about my ability to go through med school and be successful and come out on top. Um, But term three really proved to assure myself that I am in the right place, that I have the abilities and capabilities to do this thing called med school. So I think I was bogged down a little bit um, at the beginning just because I wasn't expecting med school to be as difficult and as time-consuming as it really is. I talked about that on my last podcast episode about how, you know, I underestimated how difficult it was going to be, but I also underestimated my own ability to handle that stress and to handle that kind of responsibility. So yeah, even just the past two blocks, I've just been waiting for this feeling of self-confidence, just waiting for that sense of, hey, I'm doing the right things. I just need to, you know, keep my head down, keep, you know, doing those study strategies and employing all of these new techniques and stuff that I'm learning here. And keep my head down and just, you know, it'll work out in the end. I never had that feeling because I never got that kind of self-confidence these past couple terms. But term three, um, I'll give you a kind of a rundown of what it was and what exams are like. I did get a lot of DMs asking about what exams are like in med school, so I definitely want to address that. But term three, we had um, IPBD, which is Immunology and Pathological Basis of Disease. We had General Pharmacology, and we had Head and Neck Anatomy, which had two parts, the practical part, which was in the lab, and then some lectures that we were also tested on, which were uh, mostly like clinical correlations on how certain um, anatomical findings might show up in a patient that you could see in clinic or something like that. So... It was kind of a lot. Um, It was all very clinically related though, and so I think that's what kept it interesting. That's what kept me interested and going because I could, you know, put faces to these diseases that we were learning. I, we learned Bell's palsy and I saw Bell's palsy in my preceptor clinic and I was like, okay, now I really have to know all of the signs and presentations of, you know, inflammation of cranial nerve seven. I have to know, you know, the way it can present like all of the muscles that are innervated by cranial nerve seven. Anyways, so I I saw this man with facial droop. He had Bell's palsy. Never forgot it after that. So I think that's what made this term so, so interesting and what kept me hopeful throughout the entire thing. Farm? Farm was hard. <laughs> it was probably the subject that I neglected the most just because it was worth like a lower amount of credits than any of the other classes and it was also our last exam. So during that exam week, you're kind of stressed out. You are only paying attention to the test that's coming, you know, immediately next. So after IPBD, I was studying for, you know, something else. And then it was a lot. Um, I neglected farm. Definitely my worst score, but it still wasn't even bad. Like it wasn't a bad score. And I, I did really, really well in both head and neck and IPBD, which I really wasn't expecting because anatomy is always my worst subject. But it was just a really good feeling to have that kind of self-confidence. And if you are in the same spot, if you're going through med school, if you're going through your pre-med career and you're just waiting for that little bit of hope, you're waiting for, oh, yes, I got, you know, like an A on this test. I must be doing something right. My study strategies are working. I think the, the best advice that I can give to you is don't change anything too quickly. If something feels like it's working for you, just keep at it. Keep your head down. Um 
and eventually I think your test scores will start to show that if you're working hard enough and working smart. And I guess that's the best advice that came out of this term. I think I just have to keep to myself a little bit more. I think as med students, we all get so obsessed to a certain degree with what everyone else is doing. You get kind of caught up with well, are they studying as much as me? Are they studying less than me? Are they having more of a social life than me? And getting wrapped up in that comparison is probably the worst thing that you can do for your mental health. And so there were times during this term where I kind of just had to block out Instagram. I had to delete the app for a little bit just so I wouldn't see all of the amazing social things that were happening that I felt like I was missing out on. Yeah, and I think that that was definitely just better in general for my mental health. I was able to focus on, hey, what am I doing? What is in front of me right now? What am I studying right now? And, you know, what are my goals? And sometimes it's it's really easy for all those things to be clouded by, you know, viewing people at concerts or on an island on your Instagram. So if that is the case for you, if you tend to get caught up in, you know, FOMO or anything like that, I would recommend just zoning out of social media for a while until you achieve your goals. Um, I know it can be really distracting and there's no shame in just detaching or plugging out for a little bit. So in terms of just talking about what this past term was like, I did have head and neck anatomy, which was our last real anatomy block, I would say. We're pretty much done with anatomy. We're having a donor ceremony soon because as you guys may or may not know, we do dissect on real human cadavers that are donated um, by the person, you know, after their passing. And we have this donor ceremony to allow the families to receive the body back and just see that we have such respect for their family members donations and that it really allowed us to learn a lot from these people and their bodies and it was this like integral step in our med school journeys and so i think that that's honestly the coolest thing but also anatomy lab it's a lot to reflect back on i wanted to kind of do a little piece on reflecting back on anatomy lab um, now that it's over um I don't think there's enough to say about it to where it would be a whole episode, but I think it was a very surreal experience Um, for people not in med school. We dissect almost the entire body. We get to see the abdomen. We get to see the heart. We get to hold lungs in our hands. We use bone saws and we're sawing the clavicle so that we can see like the subclavian artery um, and everything that's in there. We are removing the whole mediastinum basically so that we can get into like the the posterior um, thoracic cavity I guess and it's it's a very um, in-depth kind of invasive process and it can make people feel very uncomfortable it can make people feel um, desensitized to the human body to the human experience and I think that the only way to stay sane is to kind of do a bit of a reflection every now and then Um, We have these things at the beginning of our anatomy labs called Kretzer moments, which are usually a student will just read a small poem that relates to the lab that we're doing that week. And it'll just put things in perspective like this is a genuine human, like it's a human body that is sitting in our tanks. We do a like a first cut where we all place our hands on the scalpel and our entire anatomy tank, which is four to five people will make the first cut with the scalpel and the body. And I think that that's a really nice way to make it seem more of like a group effort. 
I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail about Anatomy Lab, but I think that it was just a really, really cool experience. But also one that I'm really glad is like over because it smells awful in there. And I'm so glad to not have to deal with that every Tuesday. Um, but I, I do think that that was where I learned the most um, about the human body. It's one thing to sit in a classroom and another to you know, find a hernia in your your anatomy cadaver and just and map it and figure out if it's indirect or direct. If it's an inguinal hernia, oh my gosh, is this a femoral hernia? Like it's just the coolest thing just to just to explore um, and learn and kind of solidify the information that you are learning in class. So anatomy is over. We still have neuroanatomy coming up this term. Um, not really the same. They kind of clear out the whole anatomy lab and we're just looking at the brain, of course. So yeah, we talked about last term. Enough of that. Um, Looking forward, so this term we have, let's see, we have infectious disease, which is proving to be much more interesting than I ever thought it would be. It's a lot of memorization, and the tool that I'm using the most for this class is probably Sketchy Micro. Um, If you don't know what that is, it's basically a visual learner's dream. Basically, they map out all of the bacteria and viruses in these quippy little stories with visual characteristics for let's see like staph or not staph what am I saying streptococcus uh, pneumoniae there was like a knight and he has a shield and his shield um, the pattern is in the shape of a dimer and so you know that the IgA protease is one of its virulence factors and it's just it's very nice to learn from something like that for a visual learner like me because I draw my own pictures to remember things anyways so sketchy is proving to be a very useful tool to learn id and obviously it doesn't go into enough detail for what we need to know for the class but it's just a really nice resource to have and then I'm using Anki a lot lot more than I was before I think I really started using Anki last term to kind of memorize things, um, go through facts and all of that. I started using it every day last term, Um, but I started like in the beginning of the term, or sorry, in the middle of the term, and I wouldn't keep up with my review cards. I would just let them pile up and then kind of try to do as many as I could over the weekends. Um, But now, if you look at my Anki for today, um, it's basically cleared out. I did all of my review cards for today. I caught up on everything. And so it's really good because that's like a visual reminder a tangible reminder that you did review that you know things um that you're adding to this knowledge bank (laughs) so Anki's a great tool so back to what I was saying ID infectious disease we have behavioral health or oh my gosh what is it called behavioral sciences oh my gosh okay um we have behavioral sciences which I truly love because it's everything that I studied in sociology and psych all of that stuff Um, And it's really important in med school. It's really um, how you get to the bottom of, you know, psychiatric uh, disorders, diagnose people, have context for maybe their physical problems as well. And so I think that behavioral sciences are just truly wonderful. And I love learning about that kind of thing. Keeps me really engaged the entire time. Um, I also have, let's see, ethics. Ethics is really, really cool because on Fridays we have an ethics small group where we discuss cases. I'm not sure if they're real cases or not, um, but they're real dilemmas that people have faced working out in the field. And so we debate what we would do ethically in that case. And that's really cool because it's just like this real life thing. You are changing decisions, you're making decisions and changing the outcome pretty much right then and there. 
And we also get to round with um, some professional ethics people or experts rather. And I think that's really cool. And the other one is neuroanatomy and neuro. I've mentioned that. That one is going to be hard. I have no neuro background. I affectionately say that I did not even know what postsynaptic and presynaptic was before I came into med school. I don't know the parts of the brain. I pretty much knew nothing before coming into med school about neuro. And so I'm learning everything from scratch for that. But it's nice because all the other stuff is so interesting and I can pick it up right away. So it doesn't really matter that I have to spend a little bit of extra time on neuro. But yeah, I thought I would just let you guys know that that's what's happening. That's what my schedule looks like. That's what maybe your schedule will look like in the future when you go to med school and you are in this kind of block in your life. So yeah, I guess the point of this whole catching up is just to let you guys know that the mental state has not been great in terms of the end of term three. I kind of, I tried to record this podcast several times during this almost month-long hiatus that I took and I would just find myself on the floor of my very messy bedroom um, just feeling a little bit down about life and not really able to talk about anything productive or anything that people could learn from and I was kind of stuck in a rut a little bit with that whole thing and just living my most unesthetic lifestyle. I kind of stopped working out maybe a week or two before exams and I couldn't really find the time to do anything that I loved. I would just be stressing and now that I've kind of gotten that confidence about the fact that my study strategies are working that what I'm doing here is paying off that I'm actually really liking what I'm learning here and it took some time to to get used to everything and to get kind of in the flow of things but now that that's happening I am going to be able to devote more time to this podcast which I really really want to do and I have so many goals coming up in terms of who I want to have on the podcast, some really exciting guests that I am so proud of just being able to get on the podcast. So exciting things are coming, but you know, obviously don't neglect your mental health um, as I've learned. Do the things that make you happy, make time for yourself. I know that all sounds very, very cliche, but I honestly feel the best when I'm working out, even if I, you know, take an hour out of my day to do it and that's one less hour that I spend studying. Ooh, I just dropped something. Um, if it's one less hour that I, you know, don't study, I don't do Anki for an hour, it makes me more focused throughout the day. Like it makes me do more focused work and keep my head straight when I'm actually sitting down to get some work done. So I think the working out you know, it takes time out of your day, but it makes the rest of the time that you really need to focus more worthwhile. So highly recommend that. Um, something else that I've been doing, like I've been keeping up with my um, New Year's resolutions that I talked about. I am meal prepping more. It saves so much time and it makes me just stay on top of my health goals, makes me feel really good about myself as well. So I guess the moral of the story is don't neglect your mental health, even for your work. Um, I realize that, you know, if you are in a very time demanding kind of field, you might do that every once in a while. But, you know, the second exams were over, I went and got my eyebrows done. I went to Austin with my friends and I spent time with my boyfriend and we did fun things. And I was able to get back in that mindset of, you know, hey, I'm doing this because I love medicine and I love people. 
And so I think every once in a while you need like an inspiration reset. And so that's kind of my purpose with this podcast, just to catch you guys up on everything that's happening before we dive into all of the exciting guests and everything that I will be having on the show. And just let you guys know what my inspiration has been throughout this whole process. And hopefully you guys can get inspired too. So if you're anywhere on social media, I'm sure that you've heard of this wonderful woman named Jamila Jamil, and she is half Indian, half Pakistani. And so obviously I just feel super represented in media at a time like this. Um, There obviously is more work to be done, but I think the Indian woman in media now with the advent of Priyanka Chopra crossing over into, you know, Western television and music and all of that is... You know, she's she's not just known for being Indian. She is known for being a wonderful actress, model, spokesperson, inspiration. And so that is the kind of 2019, the kind of society <laughs> that I want to live in. So let's talk about Jamila Jamil um, in light of International Women's Day and just celebrating beautiful, strong women everywhere. I thought I would highlight her achievements and kind of talk about her because I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of her and the things that she's doing for body positivity. So there's so much to say about this multifaceted woman. She's using her incredible platform after starring on shows like The Good Place to spread body positivity and highlight her disdain with all of these celebrities who utilize Photoshop and perpetuate these unrealistic body expectations for women. And I think that the reason that her posts have resonated so well with me is because there have been times when, like I described earlier, when I'm just kind of down and down in the dumps about how I feel about my body because maybe I'm sitting down for hours and hours and I don't get a ton of exercise, you know, during that exam week. And I immediately start to feel some type of way about how I'm starting to look. And on top of that, I'm scrolling through Instagram for my, you know, five, 10 minute breaks in between studying. And it just makes you feel some type of way. And so, I'm just really excited that there's a woman like her who, you know, she is British and she came to the United States um, after being an actress, model, presenter, and activist. And she moved to the United States to become a screenwriter and she has started many roles. Um, she's on The Good Place. And I think it's really difficult for people, but mostly celebrities, to kind of branch out of their like advertising for sugar bear hair and advertising for you know appetite suppressing lollipops like kim kardashian and it's really difficult for them to perpetuate healthy living and positive body image when you know you're trying to get those likes and follows on instagram so i think it's critical that jamila jamil with someone that has over a million instagram followers and fans is spreading this message to have a healthy relationship with food and exercise in your own body and to be confident regardless of what the media tells you is beautiful. And so I have just grown to love her message so, so much. I listened to another podcast with her talking about all of her activism. So the podcast that I listened to her on was on Girl Boss Radio. She's also on Channel 4 News, BBC Radio, um, For the Love with Jen Hatmaker and Earwolf. She's a um, DJ and a writer, an activist, a host. Um, she's great on Girl Boss Radio. And so if you guys haven't listened to her just speak and talk about the things she's passionate about, um, I would love for you guys to go check that out because it inspires me. It makes me feel like 
you know, we're finally getting to a place in media where people are calling out excessive Photoshop, airbrushing, all of that, and just focusing on making people feel good about their bodies instead of perpetuating this unrealistic expectation. So she's recently been in the news for her Instagram post, which is slamming this heavily edited photo of herself. She has a bunch of captions on the side of this photo, and she says, please, I don't look like this. Um, Where are my stretch marks? Um, I would never look like this. They airbrush me to death. It says never never trust a fart because she's like contorting her body a little bit. So it's just really great to see this. It's also just hilarious and awesome that this is on Instagram and it's gotten like over 200,000 likes that, you know, women and girls are seeing this instead of, you know, all of the other photoshopped nonsense that is also on Instagram. And it really reminds me of that episode of That's So Raven where uh, Raven designs a dress and she expects to model it herself, but they instead hire like a very thin model to model Raven's dress and she kind of like shows up on the runway and her and the model walk together and I remember the model like sees a picture of herself on the cover of magazine in Raven's dress and she's like nobody looks like this I don't even look like this like this is me but I don't even look like myself um, due to the editing and so this was just so inspiring obviously you know I am in med school but I deal with a lot of other things that just women deal with on a day-to-day basis and so I think this is a really important kind of source to seek inspiration from. So something else that I really wanted to share with you guys was a story about a famous Indian female physician that my mom told me when I was actually in the midst of exams and I was I was in this position where I was like, oh my gosh, do I really need to keep studying? I have, you know, my exam tomorrow. Maybe I'm just ready for it, whatever. (laughs) And like, I kind of passed it off and it was like 2 p.m. feeling very unmotivated. And my mom called me and she told me about this movie that she saw um, and it was called Anandi Gopal. And so her name was actually Anandi Gopal Zoshi and that is my last name as well. So on top of the fact that she was India's first female physician, it just resonated with me even more that we had the same last name and she is from Pune in India where I was born as well and so I thought I would just tell you guys a little bit about her because her whole story was so inspiring to me. So she actually was married at 14 years old to a widower who was considerably older than her and her first son, um, she gave birth at the age of 14 And her first son lived for only about 10 days due to just the dearth of medical care and resources that were available to her at the time. And this is the first event in her life that kind of propelled her into this direction of medicine and made her want to be a gynecologist. And so she's referred to as the first female doctor of India. She had this incredible drive and resolve to be a physician after what happened to her. And she had the support of her husband, which is very unlike unlike men in that time, unlike husbands, to encourage their wives to be educated during that time in India. And so he basically made her go to a international school, made her get educated and basically did everything in his power to make her a doctor because, you know, that's what she wanted to do. And so she came to America to learn and she began her medical training at 19. 
at the Women's Medical College of Pennsylvania, which was the second medical program in the world that was accepting women. The dean of the college herself enrolled Anandi. And yeah, and this is how her journey kind of began in Pennsylvania. And she was just so inspirational to me. She saw immediately the need for female physicians in India, especially gynecologists, because there was this stigma around, you know, male gynecologists, the women didn't feel comfortable with men looking in private places and didn't feel comfortable telling them about all of the issues that they were facing. They felt like maybe they wouldn't be taken seriously. And so she recognized this dearth of female physicians and recognized that she needed to be the one to fill in that void and make that of her life. And so it's one thing to partake in this career field that is just completely unheard of for a woman to do in India and another to go abroad to receive this well-rounded education to be encouraged by her husband and then to face ostracization from um, people in America for her religion and so she was she faced you know this hardship for not being a Christian she stuck very strongly to her Hindu morals, her Hindu religion, and there is a movie about her, and I was watching the trailer. My mom actually watched the movie and told me that I needed to see it. Um, I think it's just called Anandi Gopal, um, and it's kind of like a biopic of her, Um, but in the movie, she is very famously quoted for saying, I do not accept the country that doesn't accept me with my religion, and so I think it's just really important to look at all these women that are breaking glass ceilings, that are, you know, being the first woman to do something. It takes so much courage and education, and those are the kinds of things that we should be valuing, and those are the the things that inspire me, honestly, to keep going, because she faced so many hardships in her life, and at the end of it all, she kept that light at the end of the tunnel. She kept that light in her eyes that, you know, I want to be... A physician to serve women and I want to be a physician because of the death of her child and she wanted to fix the medical problems the problems in healthcare that she saw in India and she didn't care if she was the first one to do it she didn't care if she was the one to blaze the trail and she did honestly for all of the women that came after her because um, now I'm pretty sure that Pune Maharashtra is they have a higher rate of females who are in medical school to become physicians than they have men and so I think that it is women like this who blaze the trail it's women like this who make it so easy for me to go into medicine to make that a choice and that it was always a possibility for me it was never there was never any hardship face that you know people saying you shouldn't be a doctor you shouldn't have this amazing career goal because you're a woman I never faced those kinds of things because of one my supportive community but two because people like this had made it okay to want to be a doctor or to want to have high career aspirations and she did it all while being persecuted for her religion while being persecuted for being a woman and on top of all of that she started battling tuberculosis basically when she was 21 22 and she eventually ended up dying of tuberculosis shortly after she received her md and her death was greatly mourned throughout india but imagine like you are 
in medical school, you just get your MD, you're about to start practicing and you contract a, what we now consider a both preventable or treatable disease, tuberculosis. It's just incredible the, the kinds of things that, you know, she was battling at the time. And how incredible is it that, you know, she probably made great strides in medicine and because of her, we are more forward thinking. We have more women in medicine and she passed away because of a preventable disease. And I just think that's crazy. And just to be battling that and to have that kind of hardship on top of all, everything else that she was dealing with and to be in medical school and learning crazy amounts of information, it's just, uh, it's very inspirational to me. You're not really facing those kinds of things and it should be even easier for you to stay motivated. It should be even easier for you to live a balanced life because you don't have all of these crazy worries um, that people like Anandi Gopal Zoshi had in her life. Like, I think the craziest part is sometimes I get so overwhelmed by the amount of work in med school. I'm complaining about, you know, we have to memorize these things. We have to learn all the time. And in this movie, I'm not sure exactly if her, you know, what she would have said had she actually been here. Anandi Gopal would have said, you know, she's excited to learn. She wants to spend her entire life learning because it was such a privilege back in those days. The beginning of the trailer starts with, what is the most important quality for a woman to have? And the answer is to be a good housewife. And those are the kinds of stereotypes that she sought to shatter. So if you guys have any really inspirational women that you guys love to follow on Instagram, that love that you love to just, you know, hear about or that you know that maybe have already passed away that did something incredible, I would love to hear about them. If you would like to DM me a link or DM me, you know, their names or anything like that, I just love to hear these stories and surround myself with people like that. And that's what kind of motivates me to get out of this like studying rut that a lot of med school students can feel like they're in all the time when, you know, tests get close. So yes, please do that if at all possible. So thank you guys so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope it was somewhat helpful and I hope that you guys realize that I have to consistently keep around these sources of inspiration in order to, you know, keep myself sane in this crazy journey that is med school and things aren't always perfect. I do get the feeling of burnout. It creeps in every once in a while, especially during exam time when that's kind of all you're doing. You're like just eating hot pockets and like rotisserie chicken and like salad that comes from a bag and has all the ingredients in that bag and you just put it into a bowl and like call it healthy and you know kind of makes you a bit jaded at times but I think it's really important that after a crazy term or you know a little bout of tests that you guys might have or finals or anything like that it's really important to reset to clean your room to get organized to start working out again get back into the groove of things get back into things that make you happy and that's kind of just what I'm out here doing as well and so I hope it wasn't too much of a ramble but I wanted this to be my first episode back after my little bit of a hiatus I wanted to catch up with you guys let you know what life is like let you guys know that it is an up and down journey that there is burnout but within that you can find inspiration to keep going and you know remind yourself of what got you here in the first place and so with that said um next week's up or 
two weeks, two weeks from now, that episode is going to be with another woman in medicine who is incredibly inspirational to me. If you do go to Baylor College of Medicine, you might remember her as one of your favorite professors and someone who is just making strides in medicine, but also is very deeply involved in policymaking, in surgery, in breaking boundaries, in social media. And I am just so excited to have her on the show. She is one of my favorite professors. And I guess you guys will see who that is when we do next week's episode or two weeks from now, two weeks from now, there will be that episode. I keep forgetting. Um, But thank you guys so much for joining me. I hope this is inspirational to you. I hope you guys have a great, amazing week ahead of you and keep tuning back in follow me on my instagram at cybear i am trying to post more on there about you know study tips working out with me um i'm not like a professional trainer or anything like that but i do know how to you know get in a workout when you're really really busy posting more about you know just my journey in med school if you want to follow me on there so that's cyber and if before you guys could go if you're listening on spotify hit that follow button and on itunes just go ahead and leave me a rating and a review if you can so thank you guys so much for joining me i hope you guys have an amazing week ahead of you and keep yourself inspired seek out these stories seek out the women that have come before you and appreciate them appreciate the privilege that you guys have today and with that said happy international women's day and yeah thanks for making this podcast a part of your day wherever you are